welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast that cannot wait for week one. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who's looking to start off the season like the Wyoming defense. Oh, yeah. Shut him down. Uh, That's me, Ryan Newman. And by the other brother, who's looking to start it off like Hawaii quarterback Cole McDonald. Man, it's like a a Colt Brennan with with wheels. (laughs) Trey Newman. All right. Before we get into our week one picks, we want to remind everyone to join our Yahoo College Football Pick'em League. It's about 20 games a week against the spread. The prizes, of course, to the winner are a College Football Bros t-shirt, a digital fourth bro award, and a personalized congratulations from Beth Moens, which may or may not be our cousin Nate doing an impression of her. It's not. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad we got that cleared up. Yeah. All right. Good. Uh, to find more information about how to join the league, find us on social media. Our Twitter is at CFB Bros. Our Instagram at College Football Bros. Facebook.com slash College Football Bros. Or our website, collegefootballbros.com. Or you can simply go to Yahoo College Pick'em, click join a group, enter the group ID, and that's 6998, and the password is podcast. But enough about that. Let's uh, let's get into week one. We got football this weekend, guys. A real full slate of football. It's here, baby. Awesome. We made it. All right. Let's start on Thursday with Northwestern at Purdue. Purdue is a two and a half point favorite. What are you thinking here, Ryan? Yeah, we got some uh, Big Ten action right out of the gate. Um, yeah. Big big conference game for both teams. It's a swing game for them. It could go either way. I'm just I'm interested to see how Clayton Thorson looks, if he's 100% healthy. I mean, because if he is, then I got to give the edge to Northwestern. But it seems like a pretty big if. You know, it it's, hasn't been that long since he had that surgery. And on the other side, Purdue, I mean, that QB, QB uh, position is a definite strength. You got David Blau and Elijah Sindelar. And we actually don't know who's going to start yet. We won't know till kickoff. So I'm going to go on record and say I think it'll be Sindelar, just by the way he finished last year. But uh, I think you'll see both in the game. So I, I'm going to take Purdue here because I don't think Thorson's going to be uh, 100%. And uh, I think Purdue will take advantage of Northwestern secondary. Yeah, this is a huge battle as we're going to find out who can take advantage in the West. If Purdue wants to take that next step, then obviously they're going to have to win a game like this. Now, Northwestern, they're coming off a year where they won 10 games, so I don't know how much they could possibly improve on that. But if they want to have a chance to get to Indianapolis over Wisconsin, then this is this is a game they, they must win. In terms of this game, though, against each other, I really like Braum in year two. As There's some optimism in the air in West Lafayette, so I'm going to lean with the Boilers. Yep, I'm going with uh, with Purdue as well. Like you, Ryan, I worry a little bit about Clayton Thorson, especially because his running ability is is such an important part of his game. Uh, and I, I just trust Jeff Brom. I think he's a great coach. I know they lost a lot from last year, um, particularly on the defense. I know Nick Holt kind of overachieved last year with that group, so maybe he can keep them decent despite all the losses. Um, and I think Purdue will cover the two and a half. Our next game is on Friday, and it's San Diego State at number 13, Stanford. Stanford's a 14-and-a-half-point favorite. Trey, who you got here? Well, we've grown accustomed to San Diego State getting overlooked each and every season, but in most years, this would be a good spot to take San Diego State. 
but I just don't think this is the right situation. They beat Stanford last year, so Stanford's going to give them their full attention. So, And they've had all summer to point to this game in terms of revenge. And for Stanford, I'm excited to see KJ Costello at quarterback. He's had the whole offseason to be the guy. And we all know that quarterback play was what held them back significantly last year. So if he's just semi-effective and can keep the defense honest, Love's going to be able to still have another big year. San Diego State, they obviously lost Penny, but they haven't really had an issue replacing the running backs lately. I just don't see San Diego State's offense being able to muster up enough to keep up with Stanford. So I like Stanford to cover in this one. So Trey, I agree that I'm I'm excited to see KJ Costello. And I really think this Stanford offense could be their best that they've had in a long time. But I disagree with you that quarterback play was what held them back last year. I actually think it was more the kind of a mediocre defense. So I don't think it's getting any better this year. They lost some guys to the pros. Uh, So I'm going to take San Diego State with the points because of that defense. And particularly on the defensive line, without Harrison Phillips, he was everything for them last year. And poor defensive line play, or at least average defensive line play, is not good when you're going up against San Diego State. Of course, they've got that great O-line. They've got four starters coming back. And I'm sure Jawan Washington will be their next 2,000-yard rusher. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm just really looking forward to this game. It's before Saturday's game. This is the one that's that I pointed to and just mainly because of the revenge factor for Stanford. I think they'll they'll definitely be ready for this one. But if you guys remember last year's game, Keller Christ was the quarterback for Stanford and he was flat out horrible. He had a QBR <laughs> of 4.2. I mean, his stats were just pathetic. So, <laughs> if Keller if they had gone to KJ Costello earlier in the year, I think that probably would have made the difference in that game maybe. Um, having said that, Stanford's ready. Um, and I think they're going to go ahead and beat San Diego state by a couple TDs. So, um, give me, uh, give me Stanford here, actually. All right. They got to beat them by more, a couple, more than a couple TDs, Ryan. Okay. They're going to go for two on one, one, one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. All right. Next game. We're going to go to Saturday here. Huge game. Number six, Washington against number nine, Auburn in Atlanta. And Auburn is a slight favorite, uh, minus two and a half. So this is the game I'm most excited about. I love Washington this year. Although in our Pac-12 preview episode, I said the only weakness that I really saw on the team was the receiving core. And after that episode, it got even worse. Hunter Bryant, Hunter Bryant, their freshman All-American tight end from last year, is going to miss most of the season with a knee injury. So problem position just got you know even more troubling. But really that's the only weakness and i don't see auburn scoring enough points to uh to win this game because that washington defense is incredible and with auburn having a bit of a question mark at o-line the receiving court took a couple injury hits this off season going up against the best secondary in the country i just think stidham might struggle a little bit uh and that's why i want washington plus two and a half all right mike i kind of agree with you on that um it is pretty crazy to think though that in week one this could make or break each team's playoff chances, but I think this game means probably more to Washington than it does to Auburn because Auburn will have at least two more games versus top 10 teams like Georgia and Alabama and potentially the SEC title game. Meanwhile, this might be Washington's only chance. Um, I'm anticipating a low scoring defensive battle and it's going to come down to the wire. I think it's neck and neck. It's a coin toss for me. So I'm just going to take the two and a half points and take Dub. All right. Well, it's a it's a clean sleep then. I, I like UW too. You know, the thing is though, this is 
kind of a quasi road game for for Washington since the game is in Atlanta and a lot of Auburn fans will be around. But I like Washington this year. I think this game's going to propel them to to big things this year. And and the other thing about this is, I think the defense is going to be able to stifle Jarrett Stidham and the Auburn offense because. Georgia gave them the blueprint on how to do so in this exact stadium last year in the SEC championship game. They made Auburn look fairly silly on offense, and I think UW has the potential to do the exact same in this game. So I like the Huskies. All right, next up, we've got number 14, Michigan, at number 12, Notre Dame. Michigan is a one-point favorite. What are your thoughts on this one, Ryan? Yeah, this is another game that should come down to the wire, but uh, I'm going to give the edge to Michigan in this one mainly because of their defense. I think Brandon Wimbush and company are going to have a hard time moving the ball against the Maze and Blue. And I mean, Notre Dame's defense, they're good too, so they're going to keep the Fighting Irish in it. But in the end, I just I think Shea Patterson is going to find a, some explosive plays through the air, and I think that'll be the difference. Um, although news just came out that Tariq Black, what it was his foot again that he hurt? Yeah, broken foot. It's going to be out indefinitely, so that's kind of hurting my... Uh, prediction here but i'm gonna stick with it i'm gonna say they'll still find some big plays through the air and i'm gonna take uh, michigan minus the points yeah i this this Tariq black injury to me is really disappointing because obviously the receiving core is one of the one of the big question marks on the team and but he was the guy that i thought made it not a question mark he was great you know at the start of last year of course before he got injured thought he was going to have a huge year this year but now there's kind of really a dearth of uh, a proven playmaker there donovan peoples jones of course a five-star recruit but he's gonna have to to step up in his his sophomore year but i'm still taking michigan like you ryan because of the defense i just think brandon wimbush's passing ability up against this incredible defense is just yeah it's not a good matchup for him um so i think they're gonna make notre dame one-dimensional uh but both sides are gonna struggle to score so i see maybe a 17 14 type game yeah, this this one's really tough for me because I'm I'm high on on both these squads. They we obviously know they both have the solid defenses, but I trust Michigan's offense just a little bit more than I do with with what Brandon Wibbush will be able to do. That's brave. That's that's I know, very I'm brave. Really, really going out on limb. But no, I mean a, a lot of <laughs> no, us, it's not. It, it kind of is. It kind of is. A lot of us could be overestimating Shea Patterson. I mean, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic he'll he'll be solid. But, you know, I, I want to see it proven, but I but I do like the upside of him, especially with Harbaugh and, and they've had he'll he'll have his team ready to go for this one. Michael's certainly not overrating Shea Patterson. You've you're pretty down to earth about him. Yeah, I mean I think he's pretty good, but I'm I'm definitely not convinced that he's a top fifteen or top twenty quarterback. We'll just we'll wait and see. But Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. All right, let's move on to Louisville at number one Alabama and Alabama is a 25-point favorite in this game on a neutral site in Orlando. Crazy high spread. Trey, what do you think in this one? That is pretty crazy. When when I in the offseason when I saw that line, I was I was stunned. It was at 28 or something earlier. That's just crazy. So recently Bobby Petrino, he told boosters and media that they're gonna go down and beat Bama. Hmm, wow. Well, I, good luck. That changes my pick. <laughs> <laughs> I know he has to be positive and say things like that, but if you, the way it was portrayed and, and was told, he it they they made it sound like he was very defiant and it was a little over the top. <laughs> so I I, I kind of say pump pump the brakes, Bobby. I think Louisville is good and I think they're going to outperform their expectations with 
Juwan Pass leading the charge. But for the first game to be Bama, it's just not happening. And on Bama's side, whether it's Tua or Jalen Hurts, it, it's not going to matter. Bama's probably going to be trying out some different personnel and packages in this one. So I say they win comfortably, but not by the 25. I think Louisville keeps it within the, the number. Um, I disagree. I think uh, Bama's going to blow blow Louisville's doors off here. Um, even if Lamar Jackson was still at Louisville, this one wouldn't be close. Um, like you, Trey, I, I do like Juwan Pass. I think he's going to have a really good year for Louisville. Bobby Petrino is great with quarterbacks, and he might even have a few good moments in this game, but it's just going to be over by halftime. Um, I think Damian Harris and company is just going to run all over that defense, and Tua is going to be super efficient, probably throwing no more than 20 or so passes just because they won't need it. Um, 25 is a lot, but I'm still going to have to take the Crimson Tide here. Yeah, I was tempted to take Alabama because you know that the offense is going to dominate in this one. <laughs> Louisville's defense, I don't have a lot of confidence going into this year. Mm-hmm, exactly. No. But Petrino, he's always got a good passing game. And if there's one question mark on Alabama's team this year, I think it's the secondary. They lost all of their top players from that unit last year. They might be starting a JUCO transfer and a true freshman back there. So maybe early in the season, they have some breakdowns here and there. Obviously, they're all very talented. But with Jalen Smith, Des Fitzpatrick, Louisville's great receiving core, I think they can take advantage of that to uh, stay within that that 25. <laughs> but let's move on to Sunday. We've got number eight, Miami, against number 25, LSU at AT&T Stadium. Miami is a three-point favorite. I'm not super high on on either of these teams this year, particularly offensively, obviously, but they are going to have great defenses. Miami, one of the best back sevens in the country, led by Shaq Quarterman at linebacker, Jaquan Johnson at safety, and then LSU is probably just as good. Devin White at linebacker, Greedy Williams at corner. All four of those guys might be All-Americans at the end of the year. So I'm expecting both offenses to struggle, both quarterbacks to struggle, but it's going to be interesting to see Joe Burrow, get to see him for the first time in an LSU uniform. And I'm going to go with them. I'm going with LSU plus three just because I expect such a low scoring close game. I I really did want to take LSU here as well. But in a game like this where it's a little unpredictable in terms of what you're going to see offensively from both teams, I'm just going to lean on on coaching and I got to give the coaching edge to to Rick. I'm, you know, we all know I like I like Mark Rick. (laughs) It's fair to say he's a more proven coach than Eddie O. I think I think a lot of people can agree that you know, the difference between him and Coach O is there's a there's a little bit of a difference. But I, I do think Miami's overhyped this year, but I think that they're gonna do just enough to to get by LSU and and I like their the fact that they do have some returning production on offense. Uh whereas we don't there's a lot of an unknown in, in Joe Burrow at LSU for their offense. I think you guys are a little and Michael in particular, I think you're a little harsh on Miami. I know they weren't, you know, playing up to their ranking at times last year, but they were young. They're, I think they're going to get better this year. They should be an improved squad. And that's, I think this is a huge opportunity for them. They're going to be ready to play here. And I'm, I'm not high on LSU though. Um, so I think, you know, if Miami wants to be a true contender, they're going to come out fire and they're going to come out to make a point in this game. And I think they're going to get to Joe Burrow. I think they're going to force some turnovers. That turnover chain is going to get some work in this <laughs> one. Um, so I'm pretty high, actually, on Miami in this particular game. And I'm actually going to say this is my uh, best bet of the week. My lock. Excuse me, my lock. 
There you go. Oh nice. <laughs> Very secure. Nice. It's a, I love how it's like we give we make this really strong point and then we play the little yeah. <laughs> stone cold lead pipe. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to Monday. The last game we'll give a in-depth preview on, and it is number 20, Virginia Tech, at number 19, Florida State. We got ACC play here. Florida State is a seven and a half point favorite. Who do you like in this one, Ryan? Um, I'm 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 liking Florida State. I think some people are uh, kind of underestimating the Seminoles based solely on what happened last year. But if you look at the last few weeks of last season, the Seminoles were playing much better than Virginia Tech, and I think that's going to carry into this year. Uh, regardless of who starts at quarterback for Florida State, I think they're going to have a clear advantage at that position over Virginia Tech. Really? I'm not so sure about that. Josh Jackson I, was... I'm pretty sure about it. I, I don't dislike <laughs> Josh Jackson. All right. <laughs> so dismissive. <laughs> you know, it's my, it's my point. Um, I don't dislike Josh Jackson, but, you know, in ACC play, he completed just 57% of his passes with eight TDs and seven picks. Um, and now you take away by far his best weapon in Cam Phillips. I just don't think, you know, he, I don't, I'm not expecting much of an improvement this year. I think Florida State's going to be able to rattle him and put him into some bad spots. So give me FSU. Yeah, well, and not to mention it's been, and we mentioned it in the preview episode, but it's, it's been a, a rough off season for the Hokies. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm not dismissing Josh Jackson and especially considering we know how good of an offensive coach Justin Fuente is so he could take a, a step forward but I'm not expecting it to be leaps and bounds and and on Florida State side Ryan like you said they finished the w- year well and yeah they they do lose Jimbo but Willie Taggart is is no slouch and the quarterbacks that he's inheriting and the talent he's inheriting they can succeed in a Taggart offense at least you know on paper it looks like that so they they should fit the system and and a guy like Cam Akers, I think he has a chance to to run wild in this in this particular game. So I like Florida State here as well, given the given the points. Yeah, there's no question Florida State has a, a much higher upside than Virginia Tech this year with with the talent they have. Um, but I'm still going to take Virginia Tech with the points, and it's it's pretty much purely a bet on Justin Fuente. I, I feel like he is a guy that perennially over overachieves with the talent he has. So even though there's a ton of turnover defensively. I do trust Justin Fuente with the offense. I think just I think Josh Jackson is is clearly better than the Florida State quarterbacks. I don't even think it's a question. You'd be idiotic to argue otherwise. Sure. Um, no, I, it's probably a fair point, Ryan. But I think they have enough to uh, to keep it competitive at least. But let's move on to our honorable mentions, the games that aren't quite the marquee matchups, but certainly worth bringing up. Ryan, why don't you get us started? All right, our first matchup is number 22, Boise State. Uh, their favorite, 10.5 at Troy. Very big group of five game. Brett Rippon leads the Mountain West preseason favorites up against the perennial preseason favorites from the Sun Belt. 10.5 um, seems like a lot, considering how good Troy is year in, year out. Um, but they have a lot to replace, especially on the offense. So, um, And with Boise returning nearly everybody from a really good defense, I don't think Troy is going to be able to keep up. So I'm taking the Broncos minus the points. Moving on to a second game, we got Ole Miss at Texas Tech. This one's going to be played in Houston, and Texas Tech is favored by two. It's looking like McLean Carter is going to be the starting quarterback for Tech in this one, and 
some of their fans aren't exactly thrilled. Um, I think it's safe to say that that position won't be as strong as they're used to down there in Lubbock. But the defense is looking improved, so that should help. But in this game, I'm taking Ole Miss. I think Jordan Tamu and A.J. Brown will have big games and uh, win a close one for the Rebels. And then my last game, we got Northern Illinois at Iowa, and Iowa's a 9.5-point favorite. Northern Illinois has proven they're not afraid to go on the road and and win against uh, a Power 5 school. Um, Heck, they did it last year at Nebraska. Um, But this Iowa team is not Nebraska of last year. The Hawkeyes have a great quarterback in Nathan Stanley, a stud tight end in Noah Fant, and a rock-solid defense. So it's definitely going to be an uphill battle for Marcus Childers and the Huskies, and that's why I'm going to take Iowa minus 9.5. All right, my first game, Texas against Maryland. Texas is a 13-point favorite at FedEx Field. I'm taking Maryland with the points, and I'm actually going to lock that in this week. Wow. We talked about this game a few times in our preview episodes. I really like Kasim Hill at quarterback, Ty Johnson at running back, despite all the adversity. Next game, Appalachian State at Penn State. The Nittany Lions are a 23-point favorite. We'll see how Trace McSorley starts out with without his best weapons from last year. Seems like a big spread to me, so I'm going to bet on Scott Satterfield uh, being able to replace all the production they lost. My last game, North Carolina at Cal. Cal's a seven and a half point favorite. Of course, some players on North Carolina are suspended for this one for selling shoes, but most of the players missing this game were, were backups last year. So give me UNC plus seven and a half with, with Nathan Elliott at quarterback. All right. My first game is Florida Atlantic and the lane train going into Norman to face Oklahoma. Oklahoma's a 20 and a half point favorite. I love Kiffin and the Owls, but remember, they started slow last year before going on a tear in conference. They're just not at Oklahoma's level. I think Kyler Murray is going to fill in just fine. Rodney Anderson should be huge this week. Oklahoma runs over the lane trade. West Virginia is favored 10 over Tennessee in Charlotte. Does anyone have something nice to say about Tennessee? No one's giving them a chance under new co- under their new coach, who is, we all know, probably their 20th pick. In this game, they have to face Will Greer and an explosive offense in the Mountaineers. I do think West Virginia is a bit overhyped in this one, and I think Tennessee's defense will keep it within the 10, and Tennessee is my lock of the week. Moving on, final game, Army at Duke. Duke is favored 13 and a half. Traditionally, this is a very pathetic game, but this one has it. It, it, but this one has some intrigue for me. I love Coach Cutcliffe and their quarterback Jones for, for Duke. Army and Coach Munkin, they're going to try and build off their successful season last year and their, and their bowl win, which is just remarkable considering where they were prior to when Munkin got there. Duke, though, has had the whole summer to defend the, the Army option. I say Duke has a big day and they cover. All right, let's move on to our segments. And our first segment is a a brief mailbag. We got a Twitter question from at peculiar underscore Pope. His question is, I think you guys are the most down on Georgia that I've heard this offseason. What is their biggest flaw this year? So this is a good question. Um, And even though I think we both we all went under on their season win total, they're obviously uh, a legit threat for the playoff. Um, But for me, if I'm having to look at weaknesses, obviously losing Roquan Smith is huge. I mean, one guy, it's hard for one guy to have as much of an impact as he did last year on that defense. And then if I'm zeroing in, I guess, on on a weakness on their defense, it's maybe the secondary, which is may sound stupid because they've got DeAndre Baker and J.R. Reed back there. But, you know, Tyreek McGee is going to be hurt to start off the season. 
They're going to need some freshmen and sophomores to step up at the other positions who are all super talented, but you know, still young, still unproven. And I just think the defense will be instead of second or third best like last year, maybe it's the 10th best this year. And that's kind of makes the difference for, you know, I'm picking them to lose two games. Right. No, I, I agree on all your points, Michael. And yeah, I'm, I'm high on Georgia, but maybe just not, you know, winning the title this year. And you, you touched on it. Roquan Smith, I just think that's huge. He's He was the quarterback of the defense, and I know there wasn't a ton of defense played in the Rose Bowl, but he made a couple of tackles and stops that essentially won them the game, prevented them from getting first downs. And then, obviously, you also add on to the fact that they lose Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle at, at running back, so they do lose some firepower there, even though they, they still have some. So those are those are the points that I see, the weaknesses. Yeah, and for me, I think one one big thing is not necessarily, I don't know, having to do with exactly a position group or whatever like that. It's just the fact that they're going to have a target on their back more than they've had in the past. And, you know, a team like Alabama is used to that. They, they're they used to getting the other team's, you know, best shot. But Georgia, they haven't done that lately. And when they have in the past, it, it hasn't translated to great seasons. So, how are they going to handle that? They're going to have some young players on the field. Are they going to be able to handle that type of situation? I don't know. It just uh, I want to I want to see them prove it to me before I'm hop totally on board that they're you know on Alabama's type level. Yeah, and and the thing about Alabama is that they've had obviously last year. I mean, the game could have gone either way. So Georgia is right there, but yeah, but Alabama has had what they had seven straight years with number one recruiting classes. So kind of their whole roster is full of number one recruiting class guys. Georgia, of course, has really stepped it up a notch, and in a, in a couple years, they're going to be probably by far the most talented team in the country, even more so than Alabama, but I'm just not quite sure they're there yet. They had the number three class a couple years ago, number one this year. They're they're building it up to where they're just a juggernaut. Yeah, this year was, they were on another level. Give them a couple years, and then they'll yep. out-talent everybody. All right, well, let's move on to, uh, we actually got a voicemail message, and you can you can all call in at 260-CFB-BROS. Uh, call in on Saturday or Sunday, that'd be a perfect time, and we can ans- answer it the next week on the following podcast, but uh, let me play the message. Hey, bros, this is um, Dave from San Diego. Uh, <laughs> just wanted to say that, uh, first of all, I love Michael. He's by far my favorite bro. He does a great job. <laughs> okay. uh, my question is, which team with a new head coach are you most excited to watch this weekend? Thanks. I'll hang up and listen. I, I thought that guy had to think twice about what his name was there. So <laughs> Dave sounds pretty lame to me. He sounds like a great guy. Thanks for calling, Dave. <laughs> Dave. <laughs> Dave. Is Dave's middle name Michael? <laughs> Who knows? We'll have to ask him. Maybe he'll call in next week. Oh, good point. Good point. <laughs> there are so many intriguing options with this. I was between Willie Taggart at Florida State and Kevin Sumlin at Arizona. I'm going to take Kevin Sumlin. He has Khalil Tate. We saw the magic that that someone had with Johnny Manziel and and the other strong offenses that he had in in Aggieland. Tucson should be no different. Yeah, and they're taking on BYU at home this weekend, right? Correct. Yeah. Yes, they are. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Um, but for me, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how Tennessee looks versus West Virginia in Charlotte. I think this is a, a good first game for Jeremy Pruitt. There's really no harm in losing, as nobody expects them to win. Um, but they do have a decent chance of pulling the upset. So as long as they don't get their doors blown off, I think there's going to be some positive ways to look at this for Jeremy Pruitt. So good opportunity for them. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with Chip Kelly at UCLA. 
Uh, I know they're they're taking on Cincinnati, who's not supposed to be very good this year, but Chip Kelly was maybe the best hire of the offseason. I think I might say that. Uh, Second best hire. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you could argue Scott Frost at Nebraska, <laughs> but I want to see how the offense looks this year. Um, and we still don't know who's going to be quarterback. So I'm going to be really interested to see who who takes the first snap. Could be Devin Modster. Could be Wilton Spate, Dorian Thompson Robinson. I don't know. Neither do I. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on to our next voicemail. Let's take a listen. Hey, guys. It's Sarah. Uh, the last caller was actually Michael, <laughs> and he's forcing me to call in with this question. Uh, the question is, in terms of their hopes for making a bowl game, which Power 5 team's Week 1 game could be make or break? Oh, and Michael is very handsome. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. That was so nice of her. I don't know who Sarah is, but thanks for calling, Sarah. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I'm going to go with the Colorado Buffaloes. They play Colorado State in Denver. Uh, and Colorado Denver. State. Gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, gorgeous. Sunshine State. <laughs> uh, so Colorado State uh, is actually already coming off a disappointing loss against Hawaii. But if Colorado loses this game, they go into Lincoln, Nebraska in week two. So they could very easily be looking at 0-2. Um, and I'm not expecting them to have a winning record in the Pac-12. So uh, this game, this first game for them is very big if they want to make a bowl game this year. I agree. I, I thought about going with Colorado as well. Um, I thought about Indiana at FIU. That's probably a must win for them. But I think it's even more of a must win for Syracuse. Their season win total was set at five and a half. And they're playing at Western Michigan on Friday. They're favored by six. So if they lose that one, they're suddenly a massive, massive underdog to to get to six wins. Especially since Eric Dungy probably won't play the last few games. Oh, no, not that again. Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry, Eric. I'm going to say Texas Tech. They have Ole Miss this week. And if Tech can't get past the high-octane offense of Ole Miss then they might have some more issues down the road with other high-powered offenses that they're going to face in the Big 12. So this is huge if they want a bowl game. All right, let's get to our next segment, which is a top five list, and it's my turn this week. So I'm going to give my top five freshman quarterbacks that I'm most excited to watch in week one. Number five, it's a tie with Art Sitkowski and Zach Anikstad. Art! Both guys played at IMG Academy in high school. Zach Anikstad will be starting at Minis- will be starting for Minnesota as a walk-on against New Mexico State. And Art Sitkowski was a, a four-star recruit for Rutgers, and they'll be taking on Texas State. Number four is Justin Fields, Jake Fromm's backup at Georgia, of course. Could potentially play a role like Tim Tebow played his freshman year at Florida. I'm sure Georgia fans will love that comparison. Yeah, uh, They're taking on Austin P, so I'm sure we'll see a lot of him. Trevor Lawrence is number three of Clemson. Kelly Bryant will, of course, get the start against Furman, but going to be a lot of garbage time in that game, so we'll get to see the number one recruit in the country in his first audition to take over the job. Number two, Trevor Lawrence's hair. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, not yeah. no, not really, but I, that's, that's a close second. Real number two is Adrian Martinez. Nebraska takes on a pretty weak Akron team, but... Martinez could be the guy that leads Nebraska back to prominence, so be interesting to see if uh, a player who didn't even play his senior year of high school can can look good in FBS play. Yep. Number one is the only one who's a day one true freshman starter for a top 25 team, and that's USC's quarterback JT Daniels 
as we're recording this, he was just named the starter. So we'll see if he's ready to go, despite skipping his senior year and missing out on spring practice. Okay, Mike, that's a good list. I I like it. A lot of freshmen. A lot of freshmen starting. A lot of freshmen. There are, yeah. All right. Well, that does it for our segments. Let's get to the questionable finish. First question, quarterback Jeff George Jr. is transferring to Pitt after spending only two months at Michigan. What's something that you quickly decided was not for you? Uh, Well, I started off uh, in college as a history major, and I actually really did like history, but there was just no future with a history degree, so I changed over to business pretty quick. Oh, man, history majors listening are not happy, Ryan. Come on. I mean, it's tough. I love it, though. I do like it. So, moving to Southern California, I figured I had to try surfing. It's a lot harder than it looks if you haven't tried it. I finally get halfway up on the board, a wave comes, and the board goes flying away. I go flying away, but the board is attached to you if you don't know. The board <laughs> comes back, the tip of the board hits me square in the head. Oh. Oof. The next week at school, I have like half of a golf ball sized bump on my head. I was bleeding. I just knew that wasn't meant for me. <laughs> Apparently. For me, it's scallops. Uh, I've eaten them once in my life, and I almost vomited at a very nice restaurant. So, wow, that was it for me. (laughs) Next question. Name something that is more likely than Oregon State winning at Ohio State. It's more likely that Urban Meyer will actually apologize to Courtney Smith on camera. Oh, mine is very similar, Trey. I said it's more (laughs) likely that Urban Meyer will give a sincere heartfelt apology about anything <laughs> sorry not sorry okay i, I went the same way I, I i said uh i think it's more likely that urban meyer tells the truth Ooh, oh. wow we should rehearse this podcast guys <laughs> <laughs> we should maybe run some things by each other yeah maybe all right last question is what is your questionable pick of the week and questionable pick means it has to be a seven plus point underdog to win outright all right, I'm going to take the Kent State Golden Flashes. I say they go into Champaign and stun Lovey Smith's boys, mainly because I think Illinois has one of the worst quarterback situations in the country. <laughs> AJ, AJ Bush is their starter, and he's been in four colleges in five years. Not good, not good. I'm going to take North Carolina to win at Cal. Still not sold on Justin Wilcox yet, and I think Larry Fedora is just too good of a coach to, to not turn around North Carolina this year. All right, I like that pick, Michael. But I'm going to take Colorado State. They're getting 7.5 from Colorado. KJ Carter-Samuel has had a big game last week against Hawaii. And if he matches that performance, he, they have a chance to upset the Buffaloes in this one. All right, that'll do it. Thanks for listening to our Week 1 preview. Be sure to leave us a voicemail at 260-CFB-BROS on Saturday or Sunday. Just with- like Dave did. Just like Dave. Dave, if you call back again, I think we'd all appreciate that. <laughs> and please stop holding Sarah against her will. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dave, come on. Uh, but also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you like the show. And most importantly, enjoy week one. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros. Follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.